He's got connections. From actors and athletes to comedians and world-class musicians. Andy Hall. His contact list is jam-packed with some of the most recognizable names in entertainment. Andy Hall's giving Laser Hellraisers his plus one. An exclusive conversation you won't hear anywhere else on today's edition of Hall Access. Give me an excuse to talk hockey. I don't care what time of year it is. Might be in the uh, tail end of the month of July. And we're here for it. Ben Gislason is the play-by-play man for the Iowa Wild. And Ben, it's great to have you back in the studio, first of all. Oh, it's great to be with you in studio. Uh, Every chance I get to be with Andy Hall, I'm certainly going to take it. Uh, I know your and I's time dates back a few years now, and we've gotten to share um, some microphones together in the past. So every chance I get, it's always a pleasure. I didn't even pay him to say that. Imagine that. (laughs) We are talking all things Iowa Wild. Now that uh, the home opener was just unveiled yesterday, give us some details. Yeah, uh, San Jose Barracuda are in town for the first time since 2020. Uh, The Wild did not see them in that COVID-shortened season 2020-21. Central Division only last year. We broke back out into the Pacific Division, got to see some other teams from the coast, make for some fun road trips for me, which I always enjoy. But uh, getting to get San Jose in town is great. I I know there are Sharks fans, there are hockey fans all over the country, so I'm sure there's probably even a couple people here in Des Moines that have a shark jersey that saw that come out and say this is great to have the Barracuda in town, but from our perspective, to to open at home is always a, a real treat, and to mark the season with a home game, and not to mention a home game, but as we'll talk about later, a few home games in a row to start the month of October. There's no better way, in my opinion, to start off the AHL season than with a handful of home games, which is what we have this year, and that starts October 14th, a Friday night against the San Jose Barracuda, uh, Barracuda downtown at Wells Fargo Arena. Yeah, in case you didn't know, the full schedule has now been released. We got the primer yesterday, and now we got the full Monty, and looking forward to another great season of Iowa Wild Hockey downtown Des Moines. Yes, absolutely. The one thing I'm excited about full schedule unification, 72 games for the first time in as long as I can remember. I don't know if maybe there's some predated times when the American Hockey League had a schedule unification like this, but for the people that struggle at math like I do when you're looking at playoff scenarios at the end of the year and you can just look at points and not win percentage, boy, am I really grateful for that. (laughs) We're going to talk about the big club in a little bit, the Minnesota Wild, obviously, as well, but to just keep it hyper-local here for a second, since you have uh, an interesting perspective, getting to you know spend more time with these players and coaches than the rest of us do, certainly, and you probably can offer some interesting insight into the chemistry of the team we've got coming back this year. Yeah, it's a privilege that I don't take for granted, that's for sure. Um, It is a very big blessing that is a part of my job is uh, you do get to spend a lot of time with these players, sometimes too much time with these players, and they say, you know, they're trying to get away, Ben. We've seen you too much. Um, <laughs> stop talking, goodness. Um, but you know, bus rides and plane rides and 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 time at the hotel and meals, it is terrific. But uh, the one thing that I've been told a little bit about this year's team is again, we are still in the off season. Free agency did not start until uh, the middle of July, so the roster is still taking shape. But uh, we've seen some players with some pedigree that the Wild have gone out and gotten uh, in the off season. To mention the big club, some two way deals they signed. Uh, Nicholas Patan's a player that I remember watching come up through junior in Canada. He broke in with the Winnipeg Jets. He comes over from the Vancouver Canucks system, but really highly talented player, uh, scoring type player, can really create offense up front. Stephen Fogarty comes over from the Boston Bruins. I've heard a, a terrific, strong presence up front, can do a lot of different things for for your club. Um, and then defensively, a player that I'm I'm sure fans, just looking at the release when it came out, Andre Suster at six foot seven. He's a mountain of a human being. Uh, he'll be 
anchoring the back end and what's a pretty mature and old back end for, for the Iowa Wild, mixing with a couple of new fresh faces, guys like Ryan O'Rourke, who are wild draft picks, uh, Damon Hunt, who's a wild draft pick. Those are players I believe will be coming in to really begin their professional careers out of Canadian Major Junior. So it should be a pretty good blend, I think. Last year's team was older uh, by a lot of respects. This year's team, not maybe as much of that maturity, but a good mix of still some players that can lead, that have been there, that have a few hundred AHL or maybe NHL games behind them. But then you get this infusion of some of the next ones who are going to be making their way up I-35 as we've seen that really steadily over the last four or five seasons now, specifically since Tim Army took over with the Wild. Uh, it, the fingerprints of Iowa have been all over the Minnesota Wild, um, and you're seeing uh, that team have success and a lot of that success is coming due to the players playing roles or for example like a Matt Boldy not only playing a role but going up and scoring big time goals uh, for the Minnesota Wild too so it's an exciting time everybody thinks their roster is fantastic once the season starts you don't find out until October but at least as of we sit here in July uh, things are trending in a very good direction for a good season this year our 10th anniversary season two for the Iowa Wild which is mind-blowing I remember going to the press conference there at Hy-Vee Hall and you know we were all so excited my Self included because I'm a Minnesota guy like you are. So having my favorite club's AHL team right here in Des Moines, Iowa, I mean, geographically, obviously, it makes a whole lot of sense. But to just get that done at that time, 10 years is just, that's, can you even wrap your mind around that? Well, for me, it's probably easier than others because I've been in Des Moines for you know five years, uh, <laughs> you know, dating back to when you and I were working together with the Des Moines Buccaneers. But, um, you know, talking with Allie Brown, our vice president of business operations, who really has taken the reins since Todd Fredrickson, our president's promotion and elevation to VP of marketing with Minnesota last year. He still retains the president role, has a lot to do with the team, but more so the day to day with Allie. Um, she's taken the reins of that and talking with her and talking with Todd a little bit, both day one employees helped bring the franchise franchise here um, they they really have said when it happened I remember seeing a, a newspaper clipping I think we still have it in the office somewhere it's I think it's Todd with a hockey stick and a jersey on and it's will the wild stick I think is the headline mm. big question obviously with the chops and the stars and and not great tenure for any of those teams unfortunately and I remember asking Allie Brown I said what changed she's a local person she she knew the other iterations of pro hockey here in Des Moines and she and Todd both agreed the community aspect that this organization has put first and foremost with uh, the, the, the hockey rinks that have been put up in the winter in, in partnership with Wells Fargo. I think there's maybe 12 of them now, 10 or 12 of them now. I should know that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yes. And, and those community, the community first mentality is huge. And that's one thing that this year I know is really big for us because with COVID over the last a season and a half, if you want to call it that, technically two seasons, the AHL, rightfully so, didn't allow for its players to go out into the community as much, didn't allow for the staff to go out. So we really want to make up for that time that's lost, and there's a lot of community events that we're already trying to put onto the calendar to get our players back onto the community and to show Des Moines just how much we still care about what, what happens outside of Wells Fargo Arena. And youth hockey infrastructure, too, is something that was brought up on day one, and that wasn't lip service. We've seen that. Yeah, and you look over in West Des Moines uh, with the RecPlex, 
as someone who grew up on Minnesota rinks and Minnesota complexes, I would put that up there with some of the best complexes I've seen uh, up north I-35 in Minnesota. Uh, it's run terrifically. It's got a Minnesota a guy running it, uh, a Shane, who I, I work with well because we practice over there as well on our off days when we can't skate at Wells Fargo Arena due to concerts, what have you. So hockey is alive and well. You know it. I know it. Anybody who goes down to Wells Fargo Arena to see a game can see it. Uh, and we're just excited not only about year 10 this year, but now... We celebrate, but we look forward to, you know, what do the next 10 years look like, too? And what could it look like another decade down the road here in Des Moines for all of us hockey people? Absolutely. You know, you alluded to free agency just getting started a bit ago. And I suppose there's a a lot of that trickle down sort of from the big clubs. So we're keeping an eye on what the Minnesota Wild are doing. And thus far, it hasn't been a whole heck of a lot. Um, But I will say that one of the big headlines out of there has been the goaltender situation and how that has all uh, shaken out. What's your take on that? Yeah, that's definitely the headline. It's funny. We we started a podcast uh, in this summer just to help build some content through some of the doldrums of the hockey offseason. Riding the Bus, the official Iowa Wild podcast. There's a shameless plug thrown into your show. No, I love it. It's a great <laughs> um, listen. Um, so it, we were talking about uh, the week before the Talbot News came out, I remember saying something along the lines after they signed Flurry. You know, I doesn't I, to me, I think Bill's got this sorted out. Bill Guerin, our GM in Minnesota. I'd expect some great some great performances from both Flurry and uh, Talbot this year, and I almost feel like our editor should have rewound that next week because I had egg on my face after all of a sudden Talbot gets traded to Ottawa. They clearly couldn't sort it out. The thing I keep coming back to is Talbot obviously wanted to be a number one goalie, proved he could be a number one goalie with an, an all-star caliber season last year. Wasn't the fit that Garen wanted. And the one thing that Bill Garen has proven he's going to fiercely protect is the culture in the room. And Cam Talbot was a big part of that culture last year. Just because you're a great culture person doesn't mean if you don't get frustrated, you can all of a sudden become a distraction. And again, I don't know this from Bill. Bill hasn't told me this, but just speculating on some things that could have been discussed behind closed doors. You wonder if they went, you know, if we're going to have an unhappy camper here, we can go out and get a young prospect goalie that that isn't super young, like a Jesper Volstad, who we think as a first-round pick we might see this year in Iowa, which is extremely exciting. But you go out and get Philip Gustafson, who's had some NHL time, some AHL time, could be an ample backup option for uh, for, uh, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury in Minnesota. And then you sign Zane McIntyre, who was a stud for Iowa. He's a veteran AHL goalie. He can go up and serve NHL minutes if you need him. So, yes, you take a hit and you may not have the Talbot Flurry one two punch, but that's part of this business. It's part of hockey. Sometimes you can't find a way find a way to make what maybe your first option is work. And so then you go to work and figuring out what's our next best option. And I think that the the Wild staff up in Minnesota is confident that they've done the best with the position that they had and that they're ready to put forth a wonderful team onto the ice this coming season and and try to do even more than they did last year, which was obviously a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. Um, unfortunately, a disappointment come playoff time. They didn't get nearly as far as I think we had hoped they uh, mm-hmm. could. Um, we, we were hoping for that collision course with Colorado in the uh, conference finals. That never came to fruition, thanks to St. Louis. But um you know, I think going into this year, you know, getting another year under his belt, you mentioned the owner, Bill Guerin, and, and his vision for this team, and, you know, you have to sort of buy into it, and, and, and it starts with the players, and I feel like, you know, they're off to a good start here. I, no matter what, I, I think that's his biggest thing, whether you're Kirill Kaprizov or whether you're Brandon Duhame playing on the third or fourth lines, another Iowa Wild alum there that's the one thing he demands from everybody. And so if he's not going to get that, there will be changes. I think we've saw that right at the beginning of this whole Darren tenure when Suter goes, Parisi goes. That's going to strap them a little bit for cash over the next few seasons. 
Garen weighed the options and said he thought it would it would make sense. It'd be best for the future of the organization. Now you're going to see these next few years when the cap's a little lean. I think fans might turn a little bit back. But you look at last year, I think everybody was saying 100% across the board, great move, at least for last season. We'll see how it plays out now. But um, it's an exciting time, and you can speak to it. I can speak to it as, as people who we've watched this franchise since day one, uh, back at you know in turn 1999-2000 when they came into the league. I think... It has never been in better hands. Being inside of the organization, the people I get to deal with on a daily basis, um, top to bottom, it's just a fantastic group. The culture bleeds out of the locker room into the hockey operations side, into the front office side in Minnesota, and that trickles its way down here to Iowa because you can say the same thing about both sides of the Iowa Wild organization. Both the front office and the hockey operations staff is run just like it's ran up in Minnesota, and that's top notch. And you've got great fans here in Des Moines, Iowa, yes. as they do up in St. Paul, Minnesota, and there's a lot of uh, crossover options. Obviously, there. Uh, I urge anybody that's never been up to a game at the XL Energy Center to please go do that. Uh, it's a phenomenal um, venue, uh, as is Wells Fargo Arena. I'm sure you guys get a ton of compliments around the league from teams coming in and playing in there. Uh, we just had Haley Moore, Vice President of Hockey Operations, on our podcast uh, just to get a little bit of a league flavor. Uh, she was terrific. Uh, and at the end of the podcast, she said, one of, if not my favorite places to come in the league is Wells Fargo Arena. A lot of people actually, to bring up the X, they, comp- they, they that have been to both, and I would agree, there's some similarities there. When you walk into it, the feel's the same, the concourse is built similarly, there's not a bad seat in the house, the Excel's the same way. Um, so yes, uh, as far as the American Hockey League goes, and now that I've gotten to see a lot of the buildings, specifically in the West, um, you'd, you'd put it up there with any of them, really, as far as amenities goes, uh, and as far as decibel levels goes, too. I mean, when that place gets full, it's rocking in there, and, and it you know it's fun. Every once in a while, i got to take a breath in the broadcast and look around and say, goodness, I mean, it's packed in here it's loud. It gets a little rabid at times. I, I just love it. Yeah, that's great. I, I'm glad you brought that up, the fact that you get to go around and see all these different venues. Obviously, the past couple of seasons have been a little awkward, to say the least, in terms of travel. You finally get now a nice uh, full travel schedule as we see the schedule here. Are there buildings you're really looking forward to getting into this season and, and taking a good look at that maybe you haven't before? Well, the, the first one that comes to mind would be the brand-new facility in Palm Springs, California, uh, the Coachella Valley Firebirds, who are on the wild schedule this year. That's one I'd look ahead to uh, January 26th and 27th. The Seattle Krakens, American League affiliate First season this year uh, uh, in in creation after taking some seasons to build that arena, get their team ready to play. So they'll be in town January 26th and 27th. We go out there, I believe, in March. I've heard it's just you know much like uh, the building in the their National League team so has I, in Seattle. It's just state of the art, spectacular, wonderful. So I'm excited to see that buildings that I have seen that I'm excited to go back to. Um, if you ever go to Denver and you're looking for an, an, a hockey option that isn't the Colorado Avalanche, drive up to Loveland, uh, go to the Budweiser Event Center and see a Colorado Eagles game. It is phenomenal. It's smaller because it was a team that came out of smaller minor leagues and they literally won at every level on the way up. CHL, ECHL, now AHL. So they pack it. I think it fits maybe 4,000. So they they put 4,000 in there most nights. So when you get that in a smaller venue, it, it kind of feels like you're almost at like, you know, Buccaneer Arena back in, you know, in the 90s when you, there was standing room only. It's just, it's crazy. And it's an experience you don't get elsewhere in the AHL because most buildings are so big. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't mean they don't get loud, but it's a lot easier for 4,000 to get loud in a building like that than it is elsewhere. So those would be two of the buildings that I, I'm looking forward to. One, a new one, and one that I walked into and, and
and left last year thinking this was outstanding. Ben Gislason is uh, the play-by-play voice of the Iowa Wild and a longtime friend of mine. Ben alluded to the fact that we worked together at one point back in the day uh, for the Des Moines Buccaneers organization, another team that we look forward to another great season from. Uh, But as far as the Iowa Wild goes, we have the schedule in its entirety now and looking forward to it. Uh, Any of the other highlights you want to point out before we uh, wrap this up? A lot of the same uh, uh, promos that we haven't announced yet coming back from last year. I can say Pink in the Rink will be back in support of breast cancer, one of our, or in support of fighting against, against breast cancer, I should say. One of the great nights. A lot of teams do it in the league, and they should. Um, it's a wonderful night, a wonderful cause, and it always is packed on that night. That's another one we have coming back uh, for the first time in two seasons. The school day game will be back November 3rd. I had the privilege of doing one of those games in relief of Joe O'Donnell years past um, now with the Minnesota Wild. So I've gotten to see what a school day game at Wells Fargo Arena looks like with 9,000 screaming kids in there. It might have been 12,000 actually the last one I was at, but it's just crazy. It's raucous. It's loud. You, all, I almost have to wear earplugs under my headset because it gets wow. so loud in there and it's wow. shrill but um, those games are so special and so cool so that's one that I know I'm really excited about putting back on the calendar here as we hopefully can start to return to some normalcy and what it used to look like a little bit before the world obviously changed forever so those are two of the dates I'm excited about again though November 3rd that school day game I'd circle that one on my calendar. Real cl- real quick I'm glad you brought up Joe because he's an old friend of both of ours and Joe's doing great up in Minnesota now it's not just Joe it's not just Todd I mean we've seen uh, our friend Brad Allen get yes. moved up to Minnesota. All these guys moving on up, man. It's uh, it's very exciting. Well, and, and and when you bring that up, you know, first and foremost, aside from my father, who, who you know, I, there's not been a better mentor in my career uh, than Joe O'Donnell. Uh, and your father has to be your mentor. Uh, Joe O'Donnell doesn't. Uh, that guy has given me every chance and is still a, a good mentor and friend to this day. I keep up with him very, very earnestly. Um, but Joe, Brad, Todd. Uh, we just had Matt Harder, our strength coach from last year. He's now the head strength coach with Minnesota. Wow. There, there is a very serious relationship between Minnesota and Iowa. And I've been told from other players that have played elsewhere in the American Hockey League that is not always the case. In mm. fact, it, it, sadly, it, it, it isn't the case more than it shouldn't be. Um, so to have that relationship, to have... Bill Guerin, who cares, to have Craig Leopold, who I've been told reads all the press release. That was the first thing when I took the PR job. They said, get these press releases right, because Craig reads them. Nice. I mean, he's cued in. Um, and that goes all the way across to the front office side and Matt Maker, their president. It's a very it's a two way street between these two organizations. We are not just the little uh, the, the little sibling down here in Des Moines that well we we will we'll take people when we need them. We'll we'll reach out to you when when we need to. Um, you know we are constantly having communications. Our counterparts are constantly having communications. Uh, whether it's myself on the team services side with Andrew Haight, uh, their team services person, that goes all the way throughout the organization. In every position, there's a counterpart in Minnesota and. They know each other because Minnesota helps in any way that they can. And that's another reason why you've seen the success here over 10 years that you have is because we're not just forgotten about down here three and a half hours away. Uh, We are very much a part of, I think one of the things you hear a lot is one organization. That's how Minnesota views it. And that's an extremely healthy and productive way to to lead a successful American Hockey League franchise. Boy, I tell you, Ben, that really bodes well for the uh, next decade and beyond for the uh, relationship between the Iowa Wild and the Minnesota Wild. Ben Gislason is the play-by-play man of the Iowa Wild. Thank you so much for coming in, talking some hockey with me here in the month of 
of July. I don't need a specific time of year. I don't know about you. You mentioned the podcast. Mention that again, by the way. Yeah, uh, so it, it's on anywhere you could find uh, your podcasts, uh, Apple Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, and our, our friends out in Coralville, uh, Jeremy Core and Executive Podcast Solutions helping us out with that, doing a great job, making sure we can be heard and seen anywhere. It's also on YouTube. Uh, so if you want to watch uh, Joey Goldstein, our, our director of marketing, and I make fools of ourselves at times, uh, it's great. There is a, I, I, I can say that um, there's a fun bet coming up. I will be wearing full hockey gear in the next podcast because of a, 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 an on podcast bet that I lost uh, in regards to the home run derby. So All if you right. want to watch on YouTube and see me sweating in the basement of Wells Fargo Arena in our locker room, you'll get to see it uh, next week on our show. But uh, we have guests on. The whole thing is we want to put people on the bus because I get the privilege of being on the bus with some of these players, some of these people, everybody you talk to on our guests, they have stories, they've played, they've been on the bus, they've had these stories. So we try to really get them comfortable and we want it to feel like if we have, for example, we had Dakota Mermis on earlier, we want you to feel like you're sitting right next to Dakota Mermis on the bus, hearing these stories and sharing in the camaraderie with him or whoever it is that we have on. So we're having a lot of fun with it. And thanks for letting me share that. The Iowa Wild, hard to believe. It's the 2022-2023 season, Ben. Yeah, again, numbers aren't my friend. I, I, it's funny. I, I earlier this week, I almost sent out a press release that had 2021 on it. So I, 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 I get it with uh, you know seeing the years compound, and all of a sudden, I turned 30 last year. And you're right; they really they start to speed up on you. That's a very real thing. <laughs> my best to you, the family, and everybody over there at the arena. We look forward to some great hockey again this season with the Iowa Wild. Likewise, Andy. Always such a genuine treat to catch up with you. And thanks for having me.